0: Welcome. Together we're going to explore our personal finances and figure out how to improve them. whether you're just getting started in life on your finances or you may already have a home and a car payment and you're struggling to get credit cards under control or you're getting a later start in life on saving for retirement. Reduced is a podcast to educate those to improve personal finances whether it's eliminating debt or making smart investments. Mr. Chuck here. When I was doing research on what this episode was going to be about, because I like to try to get a different topic every week, so that you don't get bored with uh going over the same thing over and over all the time. So I like to throw in some new stuff. And I a few weeks ago, I mentioned that your emergency fund could be overfunded. Your savings account could be built up to the point where you uh, have a lot of money in there, which is good. But, in the long term, having a lot of money in a savings account that doesn't pay very much interest is not a good thing, even if you transfer some of that money and put your emergency fund into a high yield savings, you're only looking at about one point three or one and a third percent interest, maybe one and a half if you're really lucky two percent because that rate's been going down lately in the last few months. So there is a point where once you have enough money in your emergency fund and you get way more than what you need in the emergency fund, which in past episodes, I laid out how much you should have in there. So I'm not going to go back over that. You should look into investing in the stock market. I was doing research for this. I kind of came across an article that said that younger people or afraid to invest in the stock market. I don't know why. Came to the conclusion it's because they don't understand what's going on and what to do. Also, in a previous episode, I covered uh, hiring a financial advisor who will help you make your investment choices and make sure that you are diversified, spread your money around, and get into good funds that are good items that will go up in value over time because the stock market on a historical basis goes up between six to eight percent a year i believe it's around eight percent is the average i didn't really look that up but if i from memory that's what i kind of remember So when i was in college i had a uh, i was you know accounting concentration major so i had to learn about, you know, corporations, partnerships, different entity and how they are funded and all that good information that most people don't have. So I'm going to start out with when I was younger and I started getting too much money built up into my emergency fund, I start looking, well, I need to invest in the stock market, but I didn't know, you know, like most people, where to go, what to do, how to do it. I did some research on my own. Through that research, I learned that a stock is ownership in a company. So you own stock. If you buy common stock, you own a percent of ownership of that particular company. Well, there's thousands of companies. So how do you pick which one you want to invest in? Well, that's where financial planners or financial investors come into play because they know where to go long-term, short-term, your risk level and things like that. Common stock, a company, most companies have only one type of stock and it's referred to as common stock and it has voting rights. So if you own enough shares of that company, you can, can, ha, you can vote and decide who the executive officers are, what their goals and direction they're going to go. And you can, you pretty much have control of the company if you own 51% of the stock. There's also another class of stock referred to as preferred stock. Investors buy preferred stock because it may have a, preferred dividend payout so it may pay out five dollars a share and dividends a year and the common stock may only pay a few cents the dividends are usually based on earnings for that particular quarter or year there's also companies out there that have a history of paying dividends on a quarterly basis or yearly basis and they've been doing that for 30 40 50 years general electric was one of those companies until recently i think about a year ago their dividend was three or four dollars a share so it was a good investment even though the price of the stock wasn't going up a whole lot but the dividends made it a pretty good return so there's a lot of factors And the same thing with a preferred stock. You're going to pay more for a preferred stock if it has a high rate of dividend or whatever the preference is for that particular stock. And preferred stocks usually don't have any voting rights. So you got common stock, preferred stock, where you can buy into ownership of that particular one company. Then that company can also issue bonds And it's like an IOU from that company. The company will will sell bonds in order to raise money to finance an activity of their business. Maybe they need to upgrade their equipment and they don't want to issue more stock, but they'll issue bonds to pay off some debt. They already incurred that may have a higher rate of interest or to use it to buy, make an improvement to the company's assets. Maybe it's a building, maybe it's a machinery equipment, it, every one of them would be different and the bond would pay you a, it'd be like $5,000, it matures in 20 years and it'll pay you 3% a year. So it may be a good thing to invest in or it may not be. And there's also companies that are struggling that are referred to as junk bonds. And junk bonds would be a high risk investment because the company is struggling. So they have to pay or they have bad credit. So they have to pay a higher rate of interest. And then you have mutual fund and what is a mutual fund mutual fund is a basket of stocks or bonds it's usually within one industrial segment of the market so what they do is a get investors you put money into the mutual fund and for a specific and segment of the market where it's large cap small cap what whatever the segment is and then they go out and buy stocks in multiple different companies within that market segment so that spreads out the risk for that market segment where that stock in that one company is maybe a little more riskier because if it's a retail company so let's say J C Penney's, and the retail there's a recession and everybody quits going to jc pennies and they start buying at walmart the sales go down so you'll be that stock value probably will go down over time because you got a higher risk because it's only one company where if you're a mutual fund and you're buying retail and you got to spread out all over the retail market say pennies walmart target giant eagle kroger all the different companies and you got to spread all out it's going to be a more stable fund because one part of the retail segment may be hurting but another part may be doing good so you get a best of both worlds all in one investment and then you have it's referred to as etf or electronically traded funds which is just like a mutual fund but it's all done by computers so that's all the basics of what you should be investing in and my story was i didn't know what to do i started looking at different corporations like general electric or procter and campbell you know i read that maybe you should buy stock in companies whose products you use well i used tights, so i'd be crest so i'd be procter and gamble then maybe i should general electric because they made toasters and small appliances at the time and it had other things going on i well, maybe i should do and i couldn't decide so i didn't do anything so my money just sat there so over time i lost out eventually i got into a mutual fund i bought one mutual fund and i put my money in there i set it up as an ira individual retirement account and i put money in there it was like a thousand a year and two thousand a year and i built it up and eventually over time maybe 15 years or so my six thousand dollars money that i invested turned into like ninety thousand well I i was doing pretty good so i was happy so i just let it ride you know i didn't do anything and that mutual fund was one of the largest ones that was in there and was doing pretty good at first then it got too big and started sliding then they closed the fund which means no new investors but old investors that was already in there could stay in there and add more money if they wanted to and then we had the recession in 2008 where the banks failed and stockbrokers failed and it dropped down i believe to about forty thousand dollars and that's when i got smart and said i can't do this this is something we need to look at on a you know least quarterly basis semi-annual basis. So I I need to find myself a financial advisor. So that's what I did. Got myself a good financial advisors and we pulled the money out where I had it and reinvested. And now it's well over a 100000 again. I don't have to do nothing. I just put money in. My financial advisor takes care of it. He makes sure I'm diversified. Diversified means you spread your investments out over all the market segments over all the different activities and things that you can do so and we do that by buying mostly mutual funds spread out over all the large cap small cap utilities real estate all the different things so if one part of the uh economy goes down another part is still strong I'm still doing fairly okay, and I'm still hitting that seven to eight percent return every year. And another thing later on, I noticed you don't want to watch the market day to day to day. Maybe week to week is okay, once a month is okay, quarterly is fine. If you follow the market on a day-to-day basis, you're gonna see the market's gonna drop. You know, and the news will be on the market dropped 90 points. The market dropped 150 points. Uh, What's a point? Well, a point is not a dollar. So you actually would have to go into your investments and look how much did I lose today? And if you're well diversified, maybe you didn't lose anything. Maybe you lost 500 bucks. And the next day, you don't hear anything on the news, but the market goes up 3%. So you may. $200. So you got some of that you lost the day before back the next day. So it's up and down, up and down on from a day to day basis. But over the long term, it's just like a bar graph that starts at zero on the left and it's a gradual line going up to the right. So if you look at the long term, you just get this long, gradual line that keeps increasing over the long term. And that's what I figured out. So I said, well, you know, we got to put money in the stock market. It's a lot better than a savings account, a lot better than a certificate of deposit, a lot better than a money market. Those are also investments. Certificate of deposit is you go to your bank and you put in $5,000 or a set amount. I think it's usually 5,000 or more, 10,000, whatever you got. And they give you a certificate that you have a deposit with that bank, and it may pay two and a quarter percent, and it matures in two and a half years, five years, ten years. You know, they got all different lengths. Right now, the rates so low, you do not want to go long term on a certificate of deposit. You want to keep them three months or six months, and keep renewing them over time, to hope that the interest rate goes up. If you lock in a 2% rate of return, interest rate, on $10,000 for 20 years, five years from now, it might be paying 8%. Now you're losing 6%, so you don't want to do that. So that would be a certificate deposit. A money market is the value of a share is a dollar no matter what happens. So no matter what you do, it's always worth the same amount. So if you put in $5,000, you got 5,000 shares, it's always worth a dollar. And it may pay an interest rate of two and a half percent or whatever the rate is. It pays a little bit more than a certificate of deposit. Pays a little bit more than a regular savings account. But the reason you want the savings account is because it's considered liquid you can just go to your bank and pull the money out today and you have it or transfer it to your checking account for an emergency to pay for repairs of your car or whatever happened and you can your money is there instantly. Where in the stock market, it's not considered liquid because in order to get your money out, you have to sell your investment or one of your investments when you sell the investment, you're going to have a gain or a loss. If you sell it for more than what you paid for, you're going to have a gain and that's subject to income tax. If you've held it in there for more than a year, I I believe it's six months now, at least six months or longer, then it's considered a long-term gain and it would be taxed at your long-term capital rates gain which is a lot less than ordinary income maybe depending on your income if it's in there for less than six months it's going to be considered ordinary income because it's a short-term investment i believe it's six months now it used to be a year for years and years that's why i remember a year Uh, but i i think that's been changed and it's six months now maybe it's been like that for a while i just I don't pay attention to it because I use tax software and it does it for me. I just plug the numbers and it figures it all out for me. So that's that's what I when I was younger when I decided to do and that's my course of action was I didn't start out with a financial planner early enough so I think it cost me some money in the long term. There's a lot more to these investments than what I covered in this podcast. Such as bonds, you can buy them at a discount, or you can buy them at a premium. So before you buy anything, whether it's a stock in an individual company, or you buy bonds in some company, or you buy mutual funds in a particular market segment, whatever you do, do your homework first. Learn about where you're putting your money before. Before you put your money into that investment, now I'm going to go over the process of investing. How do you buy stocks? If you decide, you want to buy one stock, say a hundred shares in one particular company, you have the money to do it. You know it's for long term. How do you do it? Well, you need to have a stock broker which is companies like Charles Schwab, J.T. Morgan, Edwards. There's a bunch of them out there. I want to warn you, stockbrokers don't necessarily have... Stockbrokers usually don't have the best for you in their interest. They're looking out to make a commission because a stockbroker makes a commission on what they sell. So a stock broker may say, well, you only have $5,000 to invest and what that corporation that you picked, that's not a good investment for you. But this one here is a better investment. It's a little bit cheaper and it's going to go up in value. Are you going to take his word for it or are you going to do your homework and look into what he's pushing on you? because maybe he wants you to buy this other investment because it pays him more commission. You need to keep that in mind. They have their best interest in mind and not your best interest. But you need to have a broker. If you're just getting started, you want to get started with small amounts and don't want to put a whole lot in. Say you want to put in $50 a month then that's where these robo-investing companies come into play. A robo-investing, I covered it in previous episodes, is an app purchases electronically traded funds, which is a lot like a mutual fund. The fees are low. And the fees in these electronic traded funds are generally low because there's nobody really working there or very few people working on them so that's a great way to get started and as you build your portfolio up remember you need to diversify don't put it all in one uh, investment spread it around and that's where the robo advisors what i call them advisors is really a computer software you go online they have articles they have recommendations and but you make the final choice of what you want to invest in so that's how you go about doing it, and if you don't want to have your own stockbroker, then that's if you got enough money, say maybe ten, twenty thousand, go find yourself a financial planner who will charge you based on a percentage of your portfolio. They have your best interests at heart. Because they're not and they're not making a commission based on what they sell you, they're making a their fees based on how much your portfolio is worth so if your portfolio goes up over time going up meaning going up more than what you're putting in there, like that eight per cent a year, then their fees are going to go up over time, so it's their best interest to keep you invested in items that are doing good because they'll make more money down the road and that's called a fiduciary advisor so you definitely want to ask them if you are interviewing financial advisors ask them if they're a fiduciary advisors and if they say no you say thank you and leave and don't even waste your time And I said in earlier episodes, if you go to your bank, the bank has their products and their best interest in mind. If you go to an insurance company, the insurance company is going to push their products that's good for them. So I would stay away from that. If you go to a stockbroker, they're going to push what's best for them. So that's why I recommend either doing it yourself with a robo-advisor investment app or have a financial advisor. So that's how you do it. And then over time, what you want to do is consistently put money into your account, whether it's weekly or monthly or quarterly, no matter what the market is doing you keep putting money in if the market goes down you keep putting money in because it's going down and that means when you do buy something you're getting more shares when the market goes up keep putting money in when you buy something you're going to get less shares don't worry about the dollar amount look at the number of shares you're gaining So in a down market is opportunity to buy. An up market is opportunity to sell. But if you're doing it for the long term, like saving for retirement, then you don't want to sell when the market's up because it's going to keep going up. It's going to go up 6-8% a year. Keep that in mind. If you're looking for a short-term investment, there isn't any in the stock market. You should keep your money in the bank, a money market certificate of deposit. That's short-term, mid-term could be iffy. You could go some in the market, some in a savings account. But definitely long-term where you're saving for your retirement, you're saving for your children's education if they're very young, then you can go into the stock market. And over time, it's going to outperform whatever the bank's paying. That's pretty much guaranteed. In my show notes, I have two articles in Investing 101, Investing for Dummies, that goes over all this information and will help you get a better understanding if you don't, think you'd grasp everything through this podcast and go read my links I have in my show notes. but I'm not going to be reading articles anymore I might refer to articles from time to time but I'm going to just talk about the subject matter at my pace in my style and hopefully my podcast will get better That's the end of another episode. I hope you found it useful. And if you'd like to share this episode with your friends, please do so. I'm open for any suggestions for improvement or for information that you would like to talk about in future episodes. You can go to my Facebook page and leave me a message. I'm more than glad to comply. To find my Facebook page, go to reducedebtincreasewealth.com and click on the Facebook icon to go to my Facebook website.